3: Hello, welcome to the RTEGA podcast, hope you're all doing well, Mikey Stafford and Rory O'Neill with you to go back on a, our first double weekend of the Alliance League, uh, hurling later with uh, former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath, but right now we have Peter Canavan. How are you doing, Peter? Hi, Mikey, how are you? Very well, thank you. Peter's going to talk about the football, by the way, not to hurl the hurling in case anybody's just getting confused there. That's Peter sure. It's good, a good, the good,
0: good hurler in his day too, I think, Peter, were you?
3: That a wee be bit, thank thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah, for, you did, you did. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> We've got and Fitzmaurice as so well. We've got a few football <laughs> pundits who could double up when we're when we're when we're in a pinch, Rory. Um, right, lads. It was um, an eventful weekend um, across the four divisions. We won't obviously be able to talk about all sixteen games. Um, we'll um, focus on a couple of Division One and Division Two games. Uh, before I forget, because I will forget, shout out to uh, Andy Morans Leitrim, who are the top scorers mm-hmm. in all four divisions, and Keith Byrne, who has scored the not insignificant total of two seventeen in two games. Which is fair going. Um, Leitrim are going going well. Um, I'll stop looking at Division Four now because Wexford lost their first two games, so that's the last that I'll, I'll know of. No, uh, so they just they mention can't, that. they
0: can't they can't be relegated anyway, Mike. No, that's
3: true. That's the one comfort we've had for a few seasons now. Things we've we've reached the bottom. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no there's there's no false floors. Um No, looking up. Up much, much higher, about thirty two places higher. Uh, I thought we might start with um Pierce Stadium yesterday. Uh Ross Common uh eking out a one point win over Galway and uh, nine points to eight. Um so I would take I did watch the highlights today. I wasn't looking at the flags, but I'm gonna deduce it was windy in Salt Hill yesterday if it was nine points to eight and the pitch is probably a bit heavy. But Peter, I suppose Ross Common is top and we'll get to that in a minute, but um perhaps the most significant news out of yesterday, or well we don't quite know the news yet, but there's a lot of concern about Damien Comer. Um, seemed to fall awkwardly, suggesting an e injury. People fearing the worst because we've had a few ACLs this week, last week already. So fingers crossed it's not that. But I think Rob Finnerty is out for four to six weeks. Shane Walsh is in Australia, so um, Park Joyce straight away he's without his starting full forward line from last year's All Ireland final. Which, um, and not knowing how long people are going to be out for, Championship starts in eight weeks. It's um worrying times for the tribesmen, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, I left Castle Bar last week thinking that Galway are in a good enough position. They've watched to come back in. Uh, I didn't realize Finnerty's injury was uh, as severe, but they were a team with serious potential, and uh, you know, uh, uh, and they still do appear to be heading on the on the right track. But they can't afford to be without the likes of Damien uh, Comer. He's uh, so pivotal to what Galway want to play. We witnessed last week in, in Castlebar when things weren't going their way, trying to run the ball through. You can just kick it into the and it doesn't matter what way it goes in. He'll make a brave attempt at one. That Normally he does. And he, he's very direct and he can bring other players into the game. So, yes, yes, Shane Walsh is definitely the key man when, when you speak about Galway. But, uh, you know, it's very hard to hold two marquee forwards and as we witnessed you know, various stages last year when Walsh was, was quiet, Damien Comer really stepped up to the plate. All-earning final, that was in reverse. So, uh, massive blow luck. We, we hope it's not as uh, severe as, as what a lot of people are talking, we, we'll know in the coming days, but best wishes to, to Damien,
3: and I hope he makes it, Yeah, that
2: it's not the dreaded cruciate.
3: Absolutely. um, Roy, there also obviously Liam Silks in New Zealand, and Kieran Malloy seems to be out for the season as well. Um there's always there's always depth depth of talent in the county the size of Galway very strong as dual counties go there's probably very few who could could, could match them in terms of uh, of kind of playing numbers but um as we're seeing like games in division one for the most part are very tight um they've got one point from two games now and with the game so tight as Peter says if you're without your three starting inside forwards um those tight games are going to be hard to eke out
0: yeah, but I but I think from it does give him the opportunity to it's for, it's a forced opportunity you now upon him to it, it, give players the chance to put their hands up and get you know may, maybe push into the starting fifteen. He's got no choice at this stage. Um, I think a big worry for them yesterday really was just the second half fade again. They I suppose they and they scored two points in the second half. Um, they went 8-6 up, I think it was, in the 50th minute and then didn't score again. And I suppose when you take the likes of Comer out, as Peter correctly said, he's one of these bulwark forwards that you can kick it in ugly and he'll win it any which way you want. And when you have that, like in, in a similar vein to O'Connell Callaghan, it's a it's a huge fill-up when you're trying to play a slightly defensive game particularly this time of the year now you're taking him out of it and it's going to be a massive mantle I mean if it's a if it is a serious injury given the congested nature of the calendar now <clears throat> the fact is even if it's not a cruciate it could like if if it's some somewhere anywhere serious if it could be a month six weeks two months and what that actually does is it, it knocks out an awful lot of your prep ahead of the championship too. So it could take a, an extra couple of weeks before you actually get the player back, even if you do. By the time he gets up to match fitness and on, uh, but look, these are the things that he's probably going to have to deal with. I think the congested nature of the calendar is going to force it upon teams to, you know, put more depth into panels. I think what you're probably also looking at is the, 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 maybe the managers themselves might start looking as we predicted possibly of taking their foot off a wee bit in these games, because if you're running the risk of an injury at this time of the year, it can really derail your season, especially if it's a key player. And does, I suppose, the question that you might ask is does Damien Comer even need to be playing at this time of the year? You know, would you be wrapping someone like him up in cotton wool Knowing that you're... <laughs> well Yeah, well, you know, like, I mean, look, yeah. like that, but hindsight is only going to be something that's going, that, that, that'll that come at the end of this year. Because as I said, this is very much a guinea pig year. Um, And teams are probably going to find out very quickly about what they need to do in terms of priorities. And that's probably a big conundrum now for a lot yeah. of managers, including Park Joyce. Yeah. I still
2: think, R- Rory, it's a bit early to, is to it? be resting your your key players. Um, if if Galway had won their first two or three games and knew that they weren't going to be relegated... And you,
0: you talk about it. The
2: uh, uh, yeah. But I think at this stage, you know, be it a Throne or Galway, Mahers, you can't be going into the Championship, into the Provincial Championship uh, on the back of being relegated. Uh, I think yeah. that'll be tough on the player, tough on morale. And that negativity seeps into a county it It can be hard to to turn that around, so uh, I think that's why if you look at all the the teams that have gone out so far, it's they are they they are the mm. teams are are, are feeling their they're, they're strongest teams um, uh, so it's and bear in mind and in, in some cases, I think was common out in eight weeks in in the championship, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really, you need to be up and running and up and running pretty. pretty it was far.
3: interesting, Peter, to listen to Davey Burke after the match. He sounded, "I'm a, I'm a Leicester City fan." And the year they won the league, uh, in about February they were beating Manchester City in the league and Claudio Ranieri has been asked about winning the league. He said, all we're interested in is getting to 40 points. That's all we're interested in, we're interested in getting 40 points. So Davey Barks, says sitting top of Division 1 and pretty much after, he's, after match, he said, oh, it was great to win. But he said, we definitely need another two points to be safe. So you can see how he's thinking. And it's probably, it's not the wrong way to think because he said they're in championship in eight weeks. So get to six points and relax six, six, a little.
0: Six, six mightn't be safe, by the way, the way things are panning out in this division. Yeah. I
3: think six would be safe to you, Peter.
2: Um. Well, I'm looking at who's going to be in the bottom. Monaghan are the team that's played two and, and have no points on the board. Um, Galway will pick up points there in one. Donegal, Mayo, Throne. Yeah, um, six. I would say six should 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 see you safe. Um, but there's <laughs> but you going would to be, be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're we're talking about resting players t- towards the end of the league. That there's a lot of those teams are going to be their last game could well determine if they spend next year in division one or division two.
3: Absolutely. Um we'll move on. Uh, Galway are out next, I believe, against your own county, Peter, against Tyrone. Um you have a break that now. was yeah, yeah, the week off now. Um that was much improved yesterday, Peter. I think the starting Frank Burns was a big help and probably contributed to in fact your own Sundara kinda turned in a a very impressive performance. They just Looked a lot more comfortable in attack, a lot more fluid, kind of more comfortable in shot selection. Everything just seemed a lot better than last yeah. week, which is progress is a good thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Two points on the board was, was very important. And if Throne hadn't got that yesterday, they were very much uh, looking at a, a, a very tough run in. But um, both Frank Burns and Darren McCurry started, so that gave them more options up front. Frank was very forceful out around the middle. And which McCurry didn't score from play, you know, he was making a lot of good runs. He was creating space that that Dara benefited from on a, on a few occasions. So um, and thrown were cohesive, which um, they weren't. Which we I, I thought were the last against? day against Roscommon there were there was more pattern in their play, uh, some great movement, and they were kicking the ball in. Um, you know, we got scores from the long diagonal ball in. And that's what we need to do to, to vary our, our game plan. Now, the caveat with, with yesterday's result, um it was a very it was a very poor Donegal performance. It was a performance that a lot of people were expecting from Donegal last week. Well, we got it this week. And you know, th- there were signs yesterday that the, you know, a lack of leadership, you know, once Patrick McBrady was was held up and, and then he was forced to go off injured what looked like a hamstring injury, that will be a serious blow to Donegal moving forward. They didn't need to lose him on the back of the other players that they've had injured and okay that they can bring in at least four or five other players, season campaigners and they're going to need those players if, if they're going to remain in
3: Division 1. Yeah, Rory when you look at it, like Michael Langan, Kieran Thompson Owen Bond-Gallagher, Ushing Allen Ryan McHugh, hopefully not now McBrutie as well, um that's that's a lot for Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Carr to be dealing with, isn't it? That's a serious like lack of... As much talent as there is there, there's leadership and experience, which is probably what Donegal need now in the post-Michael Murphy era.
0: Yeah, you'd hope that they get a few of those guys back fairly soon. I think they're going to need them. They, <laughs> the, 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 what they certainly didn't need was to be picking up more injuries. and um, I think it was a very disappointing performance. Now, I didn't see this game. But from were you there, Peter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, so I mean, look, we can take Peter's word for it that it was, you know, to only put eight scores on the board. Um, generally speaking, Healy Park isn't the, you know, when people say people don't like going there, I I, I don't know if if Tyrone's record there is as fearsome as other teams would have in a in a home advantage scenario. And um I think look the big thing from Tyrone's perspective is there was a lot of hand-wringing and cup uh, pearl clutching going on last week over the the defeat to Ross Common. And you're probably going to see a lot of this happen in the in the league where there'll be topsy turvy performances. One week teams are very poor and the next week, you know, they flip that form on its head and Get you know get a couple of players back. The, the, the one interesting thing, just looking at the Toronto, um starting fifteen, I didn't see a huge amount of new faces. Uh, it's a it's a lot of the tried and trusted, and um, and uh, and Dara obviously chipped in with a couple of couple of scores as well. So I'm sure that was pleasing for Peter. But I think yeah, I think like they kind of know they're fifteen, and if everybody is fit, well, and able. You know, Terron will have plenty to
2: say yet. I'd mm. say there was there was three newcomers three. To, to the to the team that well compared to recent years, um uh, Cormac Quinn, half back, he, he he scored a point with mm. but ten minutes ago, Niall Davlin was on the other wing, he was a captain of her under twenties last year, mm. and Cormac Monroe was was um full full back. Mm. So I would say those three are have added a bit of freshness and a different dynamic to to the team. They're still finding their feet. They they're all young lads, um, on the back of successful under thrown under twenties, so they're keeping a few of the the more seasoned campaigners at bay at the minute. But many times have we have we spoken about the importance of having a strong panel moving mm-hmm. forward with the league provincial championships and then the round robin. So, um, yeah. But look, good start. Uh, 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 uh a good one for throne but um I would I would have questioned Marks over how much
3: Donegal were really up for for yesterday's performance. Um to uh box it athletic grounds Rory um okay, it was uh, as we predicted uh, well you don't need to be any kind of a, a football sage to predict that Mayo against Armagh is probably gonna be <coughs> an entertaining game of football. Yeah. That it was uh Mayo fans uh very, very, very unhappy with how uh, how they uh, kind of gave up the equalizer. I believe rhino Neal wasn't wasn't fouled uh, with the last kind of free of the game. I don't know how did you think it looked like? There wasn't uh, intent, but he was. Could, you
0: could have easily given a free out for barging, <laughs> or you know, like it was one of those ones. One of the things I was I find very funny with Gaelic football is in situations like that when the whistle goes. And players and players, they don't from, know. <laughs> players, players from both teams turn and face the referee, and they're, wait, they're waiting for the signal. And whichever way he gives it, the team that wins it gives the old fist pump. And <laughs> yeah, because you know, you're kind of it is in the lap of the gods. Um, didn't think Fergal Kelly had his best game yesterday. Um, Watson In Stanley. his defence though it was a fairly bananas very, kind of game of football Very hard game to referee I think the whole lot of these referees which is which is I suppose it's worrying to a certain extent I mean I was told about two years ago that Joe McQuillan was you know looking to uh, hang up his whistle hang, hang up the whistle and But a lot of these referees are still on the scene and the only explanation that you could probably draw is that there isn't just the quality coming through to replace them and these guys have to have to stay on. But uh, I think from Mayo's perspective, they just allowed the momentum to shift and gave Armad that little bit of a window to kind of push on for those last few minutes yeah, I think it was a game that, given the fact that they had started so poorly, I mean, they were 8-4 down at one stage, managed to make the game competitive again, and then really, for the first 20 minutes of that second half, absolutely owned it, and um, it was, I'd say Kevin would be a bit disappointed that they didn't come out with two points, I mean, it was... A big male contingent, an amazing atmosphere, without a doubt the best GA ground in the country because it always looks full and it always has this rabid atmosphere to it. It's just a fantastic place, I'd say, to play. And um, it, was a, it was a very entertaining game, very topsy-turvy, it had a kind of fizzy pop nature to it at times as well. But look, I thought it was great stuff, even though lacked a bit of the kind of championship fervor that you might expect when if these two teams were to meet in championship later in the year. Yeah,
3: Peter, he he does have a fine head of hair for his age, Kevin McStay. I think he might have been pulling some of it out last night because to be five points up with that length of time left... And to confront the you there
2: for a minute with the head of hair, <laughs> but we're not good on that road. Maybe. No, you and I don't need to have that discussion,
3: Peter. It's okay.
2: Uh, better having it on your face. <laughs> um, um, but five Mikey, points, Mikey, five points the, is bad, the, isn't it? The point that the point that Rory made about the intense atm- atmosphere and, and the cauldron that's up there in the Athletic Grounds that might explain. Fergal Kelly's decision in the last uh, yeah, few seconds—it's home advantage he's, for a reason. He's not the first experienced referee to go up there and oh. and have difficulties, uh, yeah. shall we say? But um, you've got to give kudos to Kieran McGinley and his his management. Uh, before a ball was thrown in, tickets sold out. You know, a few years ago, would many have predicted that he would have turned Armagh's fortunes around in the manner? um that he has. It's a brilliant place to play football. Ryan O'Donoghue alluded to that after so what an atmosphere and that's and if players can perform in that sort of environment then they they will perform in, in, in Croke Park. So first of all um it it was great to see um I thought it was played at at a championship pace. I really thoroughly enjoyed watching the game um and in in terms of Ryan O'Neill, he did with any good forward would have done in those <laughs> moments he, he won his team of free to get, yeah. to get a draw um. so at Everhand yes plenty of mistakes on, on both sides but both teams really would at it and uh, again once again you know if Mayo and Galway was a great game down and Castlebar I think this surpassed it and uh, as I say you'd want to be following Armar or, or
3: Mayo now for in- entertainment that's mm-hmm. for sure absolutely um. He he hasn't just like he hasn't sat on his laurels, Rory. Um, Kermiggini. You know there are a few changes there, and there's a few players who seem to be kind of a little bit reborn. Um, Andy Mernon on the edge of the square. I think proper, long-standing Armagh fans are saying they can't remember the last time they saw him play that well. And Soupy Campbell. I won't say he's playing midfield, but he's playing out around midfield. And you know, for a guy who, for Sage last year, was kind of you know. Benched, having been kind of their marquee player for the best part of a decade, he seems completely reborn. I know it's only two rounds into the league, but he looks—he looks like a different player. He looks to have way more energy. He looks to be a lot faster. Um, so they seem like a team who, rather than being deflated from last year, they've really kind of—they seem re-energized. Really they seem like they're bouncing into
0: twenty twenty three. Yeah, they're definitely the farm team. And uh, as you mentioned, I, I, look, I don't necessarily think there was any talk within Armagh, but we'll we'll say outside the county, people might have suggested that given McGuini's record, particularly in the Ulster Championship, that he might have been under a little bit of pressure <coughs> last year. But obviously they turned all that around when they made it to a quarterfinal that they could have snuck in the end. But um, they've, they've definitely built, they've definitely pushed on. I mean, I was looking. They're starting forwards. All five out of the six of them all scored. Um, so uh, like, so you've a great spread now across the team. You are. Uh, they play a very attractive brand of football. They're not afraid to kick it in long, and lose those 50-50. So I think that's for most Gaelic football followers is a fantastic trait to have in a team because it gives people. You know, that's exactly what people want to see. You know, they're not a possession-based team. They will mix it up. They can run it when they want to as well. I think all, all in, Arma are a very exciting team. I think the one area that you might be a small bit concerned with them historically, and maybe yesterday, they're fortunate enough and maybe not to pick up a red as well would be the area around discipline but they do have to probably go and try and win an Ulster Championship. I think that would be a big thing for Marman, and a big statement. Regardless of what happens in this year's league, I think for them to go and win the Ulster Championship I think would be a sign of, like a statement. And I think that's probably the big, ta- I would assume that might be the big target for them in 23. Um, briefly then, uh, just a word on
3: and Kerry, and in particular, Donal O'Sullivan, um, yeah. scored one three man of the match. First player from his club Peter to ever play senior football for Kerry. Uh, he's from a club called Kilgarvan. He's uh, called playing he- the he- novice he- championship. He- he-
0: Healy Rare Country.
3: Yeah, so he is a he's a junior B footballer. Um, I know the uh, I know the fossil ads are now up to intermediate. But when they started playing football for Kerry, they were also junior footballers. I I think it's a waste of time anyone going down scouting the Kerry the senior championship Peter I think uh, I think uh, all the best forwards are playing junior B football down in Kerry and they're very proud of their divisional system now because that guy wasn't even getting a game for East Kerry and he's uh, man of the match in an Allianz league match it just shows the terrifying terrifying depth of talent that they seem to have at the moment in Kerry
2: that's all we need is is more inside forwards coming out of (laughs) Kerry Uh, and a junior B
3: football in Kerry yeah
2: (laughs) Um and of of the eight teams in Division One, Kerry were the only team to to hit the net yesterday, uh, which is amazing when when you consider the amount of forwards on on display and and a lot of counties. But they have a habit of doing that. They, they they go for the jugular when they get the chance, and that trait's still very much evident. Mm-hmm. Monaghan were going down. Yesterday, needing the points, think believing that they had a great chance of um, getting one over in Kerry because again it is a weekend. Kerry said, but um, I think Jack was disappointed leaving. Jack O'Connor was disappointed leaving Donegal and a few decisions went against them. So um, he appeared to have his troops well fired up. So that's uh, that's a good one when, when you look at the, the the team that they had out on paper. So, um, look, Kerry's taken along very nicely, and as as you quite rightly say, when it comes to looking for men to get scores, they have them in
3: abundance. Absolutely, so, do, Rory, and I. I you do get to get the sense that, like, we were talking about it here with uh, Eamon, He's like, you know, Jack, be you know, he wants wins and he wants these lads battling with each other, knowing that there's there there might be six forwards there yesterday who were maybe fighting for one starting place come championship or whatever. Like, do you want to do the maths? You do get the feeling that some players, maybe that suits them better than others. I get the impression Tony Brosnan, I think, might be feeling the pressure a little bit. He kind of snatched it a couple of chances from play. I think he scored four frees. But, um, you know, because he, he was kind of on the bubble last year as well. And now he's probably seen all these new lads coming in. And it's very high-pressure environment for the second yeah, round I mean, of the league.
0: D- d- Daryl Roach, I thought, played really well again yesterday, you know. And he shows very... He's another one of these... You know, his, uh, gets out in front uses his body really well he's um he's accurate he's aggressive he's physical he's got a good engine so he's he's another one that's competing for a potential spot on that inside line i mean Obviously, Clifford is just going to go straight back in, David, that is. And then it's the case of who partners him in there. Well, Pauly,
3: Pauly went on an 80-yard run and oh, scored yeah. a goal yesterday, that so that's like, a good sign.
0: Pauly was like Moses, the way he ran up the middle. It was like the parting of the Red Sea from a man. Peter, I never
3: think you probably... You never played against a Manahan defence that split like that, I'd say, for an 80-yard run. It was insane. It was never,
2: incredible. Uh, never. But look, they, they were good at chasing the game at, at that stage, and it's inevitable things will, will open up. But the last man you want to see coming on to the pitch... When you're chasing a game as, yeah. as Paulie Clifford, and, and he certainly exploited the exploited the space.
3: Did indeed, right? Uh, Division Two um, will we'll only deal with a couple of the games. We'll, we'll say fair play to Louth, who made life very, very difficult for Derry. Last, and, the um, the
0: last, last couple of minutes was an Isle Toner goal yeah. to, to really turn. Like, I mean, Louth were in a very. Seemed very position. good. Game nearly, and
3: up. um, our prayers and thoughts are with Limerick, who have now had to play Derry and Dublin in the first two matches, and will hopefully get a nice week off now and lick their wounds. Now, the two matches I want to focus on obviously, um, Rory not only the hurlers winning on uh, beating the All Ireland champions on Saturday, and you go down to Newbridge. And the footballers' hand there, an absolute whomp. And It could be nineteen ninety all over again, Rory. <laughs> well,
0: I, mean, I don't know. I think I think in the, same, in the same in the same in the same way where I wouldn't have gotten too upset last week, even though I think it was definitely a game that they left after them. I wouldn't get too carried away either about yesterday. I think it's a big result insofar as I can't remember actually league or championship the last time. Cork actually managed to peak kill there. They have a very poor record against them over the last number of years, but it was um, it was a really good win. I think it'll give them a bit of confidence. Like they obviously have Dublin coming down to Parky Cueve now in two weeks' time, which will, I suppose, create a small bit more confidence within the group that they can actually go out and give Dublin a game. Um, there'll probably be a big crowd there for that. I think from John Cleary's point of view, yeah, he's it's it's definitely progress. No goal conceded, no goal chance given up by all accounts um, in comparison to last week where they were slightly more open. Maybe Newbridge suits this particular Cork team. The big open spaces of a parky queeve I think maybe actually played against them to a certain extent. Look, I don't know. I haven't seen this match just going on reports in the paper, but I think it's a huge two points because after the defeat to me you know the morale probably would have taken a bit of a battering and the fact now that they're up and running i think it'll give them a chance. they should my prediction at the start of the year the cork would kind of finish mid-table in division two and i think that's probably still the case Mm.
3: um for for kildare peter um 214 to seven points all right we'll add the caveat it's the league etc but we i think we're all agreed no team in division two is uh keeping the handbrake on here um Glenn Ryan and his dream team kind of came in last year as expected, you know, they're going to, you know, put the backbone back in Kildare football, a lot of fight and kind of a lot of pride. And we saw that at stages last year, but um, that 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 that's will be a hard result for him to swallow in front of a, a big crowd in Newbridge. And his uh, he doesn't hide his emotions in post-match interviews. He's done a couple of, <laughs> he's done a couple of pretty snarky ones. I think poor Damien O'Mara just asked me, I say, have you any, can you put your finger on how that happened? He's no. We'll look into it. <laughs> he's so, honest, yeah, you'll he's very a, honest.
2: Yeah, you need to put a bit of thought into your questions before you you, you approach. Look, he's he, he's been honest. That's that's how that's how disappointed he is. You you put so much of your time and effort and and to getting the best out of the players in front of you, and for and for him to go out and and to witness his players who have performed really well since, since he has come over. They were really competitive last year in, in Division One. And I would say this is the first game in the league in a long time where they would have been going in thinking we should be winning this game with a few points to spare, and because they were in Division One last year, and that certainly wouldn't have been their mentality. Whereas that, that was one game that they would have been very confident. I would have thought going into because they very nearly beat Dublin and and Croke Park last week. So pre Glenn Ryan era, it it was consistency was was always the problem for Kildare they could beat anybody on a given day and yet they they could turn around and, and, and lose heavily. And that's that appears to be their problem once again. So, yes, he's a few players missing and, and whatnot, but I do believe that what they're sitting on no points after two games, mm. Mm. they're in danger of of not competing in, in the Sam Maguire moving forward. Uh, not too many would have been suggesting that at the start of the league. So, he, he will be certainly glad of this break coming up. Um, I, I do think he has a personnel, get everybody back on board. They, they will they'll survive. Uh, they'll finish up mid-table, I believe. But it's me, I suppose everybody predicted in Division 2 that Dublin and, and Derry were the teams that would come out. That appears to be the case, but you have me tucked in there with them as well. Scored, what, 7-22 in, in two games. So... It's, it's, it's back to the old Meath in some regard, and in the, the two games they haven't conceded a goal. So things, attributes that you'd always, uh, that, that Meath, great Meath teams would have had were mean at the back and forwards that, that could score goals, and um, column appears to have brought that back into the side. So them in Dublin, them in Derry, Brilliant games coming up in division two.
3: Rory, many many an afternoon and evening spent probably having arguments with Colin O'Rourke, so you won't be surprised that his uh strident opinions have uh, followed him onto the sideline. Um interesting, wholly did he, predictable did he, in a way. Did, he, he, did said- he
0: did he use the word disgrace?
3: <laughs> um, He possibly did, no. He said um, the Sigurdsson Cup has dealt a heavy blow to our team, Shane Walsh with a hamstring injury, Matt Costello having a hamstring injury, playing last Tuesday night after coming home from Cork, a long drive, a hard match, a very fast pitch, these are overuse injuries. This is disgraceful. The abuse of players with this Sigurdsson Cup, it needs to be put on at a different time of the year. Now, some Peter were talking about this before we started recording. He's perfectly entitled to say that. He's also perfectly entitled to rest those players if he thought that they needed a rest. So inter-county managers will always put it back on the colleges to say, you're the ones who should not, you know, you're the ones who should rest these guys midweek. We should have kind of carte blanche to use them every weekend.
0: And uh, this is a row as old as, well, (laughs) the, the fixtures calendar. It's, you can see both sides. I mean, you have to bear in mind from the college's point of view, a lot of these guys are on scholarships. So they're probably necessarily say under contract but there's a huge expectancy that they need to play they need to play with their universities because because of the bursaries involved so and i'd say from the players point of view the competitions themselves which are brilliant competitions they probably want to play now the issue is they probably want to play intercounty as well and i think from the administration's point of view, whether it's the higher education or the GA at Croke Park level, I think they've created a tug of war that it is probably going to have to be resolved given how much under pressure a lot of managers are and the frenetic nature of the league to have the two competitions crisscrossing across each other, I think isn't sustainable in the long term. Um, You might get away with it, for this year maybe next year but I think there will be a stage where there will have to shift somebody will have to blink whether it's the leagues push forward by another month to create that space for higher education or higher education comes back pre-Christmas but I don't think it's I, th- I think the player welfare issue is, is a real one and um, forcing players to make these kinds of decisions is not really fair on them so somebody will have to blink eventually, I think. Mm. Uh, Peter, this this
3: would be uh, an issue maybe not at this level, but like I guess from your work in colleges, et cetera, um, managing underage teams. This is a very important issue. Like this 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 goes beyond two points for, you know, a county or for a Sigurdsson Cup team. This is about, you know, the the welfare of, you know, young athletes and as much as everybody says, oh, you'd much rather be playing games than training. There is a limit probably on how many games you should play a week and, and three and eight days on these on pitches at this time of the year against this level of opposition is probably, it's only going to lead to more injuries, isn't it?
2: It is, absolutely. I have a man in the house here in, in that predicament whereby going up the road to Belfast to, to perform with Georgetown and coming back down for county training and, and county games. um, So, Rory's right. Something something has got to happen here. There's got to be a movement. And the reason it, it can't stay, a couple of reasons. Um, with the split season now and the championship uh, being moved forward and the nature of the league, how it affects the championship, there's an increased importance in the National League now mm. that has never been there before. So that's got a knock-on effect to managers. There's an increased pressure put on managers for their, for their team to to perform. Um, so they're putting pressure on their players. In some cases, uh, players have been asked during the week not to play for their university and and Sigerson Cup. So right away, players are are being put in a situation. Do I go against my county manager here? But I'm a, I'm on a scholarship. I've, I'm training with my friends here up at Sigerson, and I know how important the Sigerson and Fitzgibbon Cup is to. So, uh, I I think the only answer, yes, you could push the National League back out a week or two and it gets out of uh, uh, more inclement weather as well, which is not a bad thing, but I, I do believe Fitzgibbon and Sigerson are, are going to have to be moved uh, prior to Christmas. and What it impacts the, then on is, is the, the all Ireland uh, stages of the club championship, but you're talking a very low percentage of players mm. that would be involved mm. in that, and I think if players are involved with the club, they'll take the hit. They'll just say, "Yeah, th- this is a once-off." For, with in and an all our semi-final or final, and the university are going to have to accept that maybe that they may be without some players then. But to play it off in, in, in December, for example, I think the players would have uh, would enjoy it more. The better opportunity to train and to play with the university. And it, it gives them more time with the county um over the Christmas holidays and, and, and January to, to concentrate fully on um Uh, on the national league on their county team and i don't think you'd have this the situations happening that that column alluded to yesterday
3: yeah there's the flip side i suppose is that the the lads involved with Sigerson and fitzgibbon who don't play county would say it's less time for us to prepare as a college team for the competition if we're only in college from september and we're playing in november or december so that's that's the counter argument but i suppose um it's perhaps not as strong an argument as the one because so many now are involved in intercounty like these. The quality of these Sigurdsson and Fitzgibbon Fitzgibbon Cup teams. I know you've been going to a lot of matches, Roy, You're you're basically talking about probably ten intercounty players out of every starting fifteen at
0: least, are you? Oh, there would be. Um, they're absolutely. You know, and they're great competitions. I mean, they are fantastic competitions. As I said last week, there's a almost a hint of the Railway Cup off them because it's an opportunity for lads across County Bones to play with each other and, you know, you could actually see what the Railway Cup might have been back in the day, um, you know, given the given the opportunity, we'll say, for instance, for Cork and Kerry lads to play football together or for Tyrone Armagh, Derry Down lads to play football together, so I think they're fabulous competitions played at a really high level. They need to be protected. They're an important part of the education process from the GA's perspective. And the GA need to be careful on this as well, because the universities will only take so much, you know, like they have, they invest quite a lot of money into these scholarships. They can redirect that elsewhere if they feel they're not getting um a fair bang for their buck and you know there's an awful lot of olympic sports that are constantly crying out for investment in at university level there's rugby sevens and there's all sorts now so you have to be careful that you you don't annoy the higher education to the extent that they decide to you know not invest in the way that they feel is worth their while when the competitions become demeaned and devalued and that's it's a tricky balance to strike
3: yeah. Okay, well we finished talking about football last week talking about the and Cup and now we finished it on Monday talking about it as well so clearly it is an issue uh, Colin Rock's brought it f- firmly into the limelight Peter, we shall let you off and um, we will talk to you again soon no football next week so we'll ho- hopefully chat to you in the next fortnight or so take it easy, thank you very much Cheers Maggie, Red Roy he hits it. He hits it. it's over. Okay, we're back, and we've been joined by Shane McGrath to the back on the hurling weekend. How are you getting on, Shane?
1: Uh good lads. Good
3: stuff. Um, you 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 were at two matches at the weekend, Shane. One was a contest, one one less. So you're a tip Leash on Saturday night, and you were below in uh, Dungarvan yesterday. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, as I said, like uh I I I was in Turles, I wouldn't call it a match, and uh, there was two teams there. It had all the, the ingredients for a match, but it was it was a non contest. It was it was really really. Uh, really poor stuff to watch from a leash point of view but from a tip point of view that's all they could do and I suppose we, we could chat about it later and I was down in uh, Dungarvan yesterday um, Frater Field they, I think they kept it at 3,500 and, a half thousand and there, there, there was that there. Um, great atmosphere there now you know first round of the league and everything and uh, got a thrill over a game like you know and um, I know the debate be and I listened to you last week there as well on the pod like that you're wondering what, uh, what does it mean, but I tell you, you now what happened on the Cork Saturday night, what happened in Dungarten yesterday, it was great to see, whoever's out in the field are going to give it their all, and I think that's that's all we can really ask for from the league, yeah. right, to be honest. Yeah,
3: uh, uh, on Saturday night, we might as well start there, just to keep Rory happy. Um, it was fantastic, Rory, to see the joy on the face of the Cork fans of full time, like, and, and rightly so, but I know this from last year, because Wexford beat Limerick in the first round last year, and... The first defeat of Limerick in the league, in my experience, you can put great stock in, and the team who wins <laughs> can take great value out of it. But every every league match that Limerick kind of just kind of get through and maybe win, lose, etc. Uh, there's a little bit less stock put in each of them. So th- to be the first team to beat Cork is spe- uh, To beat Limerick in the year, it is special, and it did seem to be a fantastic atmosphere. And um, and all I can think about is Kieran Joyce and how important he's going to be for Cork for the next ten years. He's oh. immense
0: like we spoke about him last year Mikey when he first arrived on the scene i mean there had been a lot of talk about this 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 lad for a good few years coming in that he would effectively lock down center back and i don't know if shane agrees i still think center back is the most important position in hurling i think a, a good center back is just what they're just worth their weight in gold and um Uh, to have somebody of his caliber and he can mix it as well. I mean, he's a beautiful hurler, but he's not, he's not, he's well able to get stuck in and um, to have somebody of his caliber now that's going to lock that position down for the next 10 years is a massive boost. I think from Cork's perspective on Saturday night, I think the one really interesting thing was how hard their forwards were working out of possession and I think that's a real hallmark of Pat Ryan's team so I think that was maybe a, the biggest shift and I think it was a satisfactory win like, given the nature of it there were eight points down at half time to kind of come back and Limerick played well as well I mean Garrod, Mac- Garrod Hagerty was, was you know like it's just picked up from where he left off and a couple of the big players all played well and uh, they had, you know, like I think Limerick, Limerick gave it socks, so I think Cork can take certain things from it without getting too carried away. Obviously, the big blot is the injury to Robbie O'Flynn. I think that uh, looked serious. I'm sure we'll find out later t- this week today how serious it is. Um, I think that's that's a devastating blow for Cork if if it is as serious as it looked.
3: Yeah, with a few we were talking about it in the football show as well. Obviously, a coma etc. There's a few injuries we're waiting on. Uh, Back to Limerick for a second, Shane. It does seem I I perhaps John Kiley is tweaking his approach a little this year rather than leaving lads off entirely. You know, he's asking the likes of Declan Hannon and Grohl Hegarty to play, you know, 48 minutes, 57 minutes. Kind of kind of getting them in there, I suppose, kind of, and it's good for him to have, like, say, he's got young fellows like Colin Coughlin playing, like to have them alongside Declan Hannon is of great benefit. And obviously he probably perhaps, Kylie seems to be a man who's he was constantly experimenting to see like what, what best service, how best the league can serve him come the summer, etc. So he does seem to be tweaking things a little bit. So I'd imagine with that in mind, Limerick probably will be slightly more competitive than they were last year in the league, which is not saying much, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I they're, they're definitely a bit ahead where they were last year. And I'm like, I think, mm. in regards, you know, physical condition and training and stuff like that. Um like with all due respect to the Wexford lads the last year, the Limerick boys were just seemed a bit more sluggish than what they did against Cork. I thought that was a, I thought that was a really uh, fast paced game and all of that. All that being said, I could name 10 lads that will probably maybe be on the starting Limerick Championship 15 who didn't feature too much to the right, such as the depth talent they have. I agree totally there. What Rory said about centre back thing as well, like Kieran Joyce, he's you know, I suppose you, you haven't had one maybe, Rory, since. Rowan and Curran. R- Rowan R- really. Curran, you know, realistically, yeah, yeah. like as in solid there the whole time for years. suppose we had Conor Mahoney um, on our team and Kekeddie boys always, nearly always had Brian Hogan and Limerick have Declan Hannon. and you mentioned mm-hmm. Declan Hannan. Lads, I think Declan Hannan is actually getting better and yeah. better and better. I thought he was immense the other night. He is, mm-hmm. he is, if you could make a video of how to jab lift the ball well in the group with a sharp grip, it's Declan Hannon who will be making the video for you. He's, mm-hmm. he's just so good at the simple things. And maybe for maybe for like what do I say this now? For for non-hurling people who aren't looking at the smaller things and only look at maybe who's getting the goals, who's getting the points. Like Declan Hennan is pivotal. Like he is that yeah. quarterback thing for, for Limerick. It's the simple things he does. He looks up every time. I've I rarely ever seen him get hooked or blocked down as well. He's just so good at finding that bit of that yard of space either side. So look, I, I think the Limerick boys are, are well ahead where they were. The other night, I suppose they're small things like you know, um, like you know, Nicky Quaid is obviously massive to them, Um Dave David McCarthy was in goals. Although David McCarthy has he has a lot of inter county experience, like he was involved in All Ireland under twenty one teams and stuff like that. But even small things like he went short there in the second half, Rory. I think do you remember to Aaron Costello, Um they got turned over, and Hoggy got a point over to bring him back. And I'm just you know they're they're the small things that they'll be looking at that won't happen come championship, but. Look, I, I thought it was very entertaining. Like, I mean, was it nineteen thousand people down there? I think Pat Ryan is a is a very very astute coach, very astute manager. You know, he, he plays it nice and cool, even though all around we're losing their head, as they say. Yep. Like he, he but he knows the importance of the victory at the same time because he can go they can go back training. out. there'll be a savage buzz there at training. Probably get back tomorrow night, and um, they're going up to Galway at the weekend, and there'll be great buzz there within the group that they're working hard. And I don't think there's any secret to the success, lads. In my opinion, that. In the first half, they just kind of stood off the Limerick lads. And I think their tackles went from, if I'm right in, in reading it somewhere there on Twitter, they went from 23 up to 41 in the second half. 23 in the first half, 41 in the second half. And like, I, I don't think there's any secret to the success like They just worked harder. And because they worked harder, it created a bit more space for the lads inside. So, look, very, very, very good first round stuff. Like, serious stuff, you know. I mean, I I, I loved all Twitter there for some people for the... the, the Maybe not the snarky comments, but the gas comments. And someone said, Congratulations to Cork on winning another Ireland final. Uh, <laughs> what a victory for them. Which, uh, sure, look, you love that. You love, you love to see it. And uh, I think, lads, look, Mikey, as I was saying in the article last week, we have to take the league for what it is. Um, don't be getting too hung up in it. Don't get too down. Don't get too low. Um, but for that, take it as a great game. And hopefully, we'll get another few great games. And eventually, Towards the end of it, we we'll start seeing wh- what's going to be the championship teams. Like. Yeah, yeah,
3: Rory. Um, we, we discussed him here in the preview on on Thursday. Patrick Horgan and this uh this chip on his shoulder that we all thought he had, and including Jackie Tyrrell, that so he kind of thought he just looked a bit narky. Um, top scored ten points, uh, match, two, yeah. two or three from play. But as was highlighted on League Sunday last night with the game in the Melton pot, he was back in midfield putting in hooks and blocks, which never saw him. It, do. <laughs> some do so he does seem like a man on a mission and maybe that's partly down to pat ryan who's obviously saying there's there's nobody going to be hatching inside here lads We're, we're we're taking on the limerick approach now there's you know we've got 15 defenders and we don't have the ball kind of idea
0: yeah and i take like that what's the uh, what's that cliche it's tricky enough to teach an old dog new tricks isn't it and i suppose from pat from from hoggy's point of view Look, he know better than anyone that the clock is ticking. And if he, he... he One good thing from his perspective is he's probably in a panel of players. I don't think Cork have had as rich a panel of players as they've ever had for quite some time. They've got a huge... They've got very, very good depth in the panel now. There's an awful lot of competition there. There's a lot lot of high quality. They will have a big say right across the year is this the year for them to go all the way? Who knows? There'll be plenty of other teams that'll have plenty to say on that front. But I think to buy into what Pat Ryan wants to do, I think he had no choice and that will be hooking and blocking. It'll be the stuff that Poggy probably didn't really like to have to do. I
3: don't know why he doesn't like it because he uses a 40-inch one-stone hurl. There's (laughs) never been a man better placed to do some hooking and (laughs) blocking.
0: But I suppose, look, you've probably played your entire career without having to, you know, you're... You're the man to stick the ball over the bar or into the back of the net. That's very difficult to change that mindset when you've come to, when you've been playing nearly 20 years into County Hurland, uh, from minor all the way up, and it's you know it's a big mindset shift. But I suppose look if he wants his place in the team, he's going to have to do these things. And um, you saw it the other night when they did that, particularly in the second half, as Shane mentioned. You know they kind of got in amongst Limerick, and I suppose the, the results spoke for itself in the end
3: yeah uh, it, was, um, it
0: was it was a great game and it was a great yeah, atmosphere it was, it was, it was a great. brilliant game and, and a fantastic atmosphere actually it had a massive crowd which is great yeah do
1: you think, um, do you think Rory or Mikey sorry I just don't want to hear, like, not spend too long talking about Cork because we don't want to give him too much airtime no idea. like
3: Rory's I'm, already I, predicted we're going to win the All-Ireland no, the, yeah. yeah. the, double is on. the
0: double is
1: on <laughs> I think, I, think there's a, right, look, I, I know it's mentioned Hoggy mentioned it with maybe previous management and stuff like that but for, for me the other night Conor Lahan is getting taken off Mm-hmm. Under previous managements, right? In my opinion, now, because he he was in it and then he went out for a long period. But I think he was left on, and maybe that whether that's a statement from Pat Ryan saying, you know what, I trust you that when it comes down, to it you're going to do it. And again, early doors, but still, he got that point to draw the game for him, Um, you know, in true Conor Lehan fashion. So, like maybe maybe they're like they're they're going to develop this trust thing as well to know that. As a player, that if you if you miss the first two or three balls, you're you're looking out over your shoulder, over to the sideline, and say the next number that goes up is probably going to be mine now because they just don't mm. they don't trust me enough, and and maybe that's what they're going to get out of the league more so than anything is this trust To say, you know what, you're the starting fifteen. We're going to give you every chance. We'll have to understand that you'll have to be in the top ten performers to finish out the game because we five guys ready to come in and finish it off. Like so, if they if they get that, and, I, and I, that's that's what I noticed one one thing about Lehan in the night was. He was left on. He was left on, and do you know what? He got that point to draw him, and uh, I, I think that that would be a big thing for him going forward. Like,
3: yeah, um, going down to Garvin uh, then. Shane, the match you were at yesterday. Um, another clinker by the sounds of things like very competitive, which you could, uh, you know, you could kind of take for the fact was there was there three or four penalties with two sendings off. Um, these two a teams, black, a black card, th- a black card. They, they kind of, they tend to rub up against each other, don't they? Waterford and Dublin. There's something about it, even before the change of managers. It's, it's a fixture that can, it kind of tends to get a little bit, little bit hot and heavy. But it would be unfair to describe it as kind of a battle or a war of attrition. I think it sounded like it was a, it was a pretty high quality game, and Dublin showed a lot of spirit because they, you know, they were, they went down early and kind of, yeah, came back into it and gave Waterford plenty by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, look, they did. and It was a great atmosphere down there. It was it was a really nice day and I have to say kudos to everyone involved with the pitch down there. Um, One of the last times I was down there or would have seen it was the time a uh, lot more played Valley Gunner down there at the year's previous club championship and the field, it, it wasn't in good nick or whatever, but they've done an awful lot of work down there and anyone that was there yesterday will see the, the, the field was absolutely immaculate, so credit to everyone down there. Like, it, it, was, it was a serious start by Watford. What they did simply, Mikey, was they, they just ran at Dublin. And Dublin just, it, it took them a while to find their feet. And in particular, when Paddy Doyle got black-carded, uh, Watford actually scored 1-4 in that 10 minutes while he was black-carded. But you know what? He came back on the field and he did a man-marking job in Stephen Bennett. And while Stephen Bennett scored 2-7, he didn't score from play. And he just followed him everywhere, and he did, he did a great job on him. Like, you know, for uh, Paddy Dyle's a relatively uh, young guy, he's, he's a relatively unknown in, in the hurling world, but did a great job on him. But, like, Dublin didn't, when, when Paddy Dyle came back on, they just went man for man. Like, there was no like extra defender because whatever breeze was there, Watford had in the first half, suited him down to the ground. And what happened was it allowed the likes of O'Sullivan to get a bit of help up front, which he wasn't getting because Jack Fagan was mopping up the world of ball in the first half, playing that kind of sweeper role. And Kieran Sullivan banged in two goals, and then he had to go off at half time injured. Ronan Hayes came on, he to go off injured. It was just nearly a curse to come on for that full forward position there for Dublin yesterday because everyone that came on was nearly getting injured. Alex Constantine got hit his shoulder by Austin Deason, lads, and he will be feeling it today. And a fair shoulder, but like Aussie, he's, he's gone big, he's gone very strong. I'd say these guys will get a lot leaner come championship, but. Look, it was a very entertaining game. It was there was there was mayhem, and um, Mikey. Like, I mean, no one even knew the Watford, the WLR lads who us, They had no idea why Jack Fagan was after getting red carded. They, they thought he was being substituted. But I think <laughs> what happened was he got a yellow, and uh, he he got the black card, and as a result, he got the red card for the yellow and the black card. But he when uh, he gave away the penalty, Um so look, it, it was absolute mayhem, like um, down there. But it's a great atmosphere and. Davey getting involved and Mihal Dunahoo and Francie Ford and Noel Larkin they were all getting involved and, <laughs> geez, you had to check you had to check the calendar there to make brilliant. sure that it was February the 5th and not yeah. in, in May Like so it was brilliant and um, <laughs> like the, all the public were there and the kids that were there they really enjoyed it so look again I have to stress you take it for what it is it was a very very entertaining game um, both of them made the world of mistakes who will be happier coming out of it I think they'll both be happy because Michal Dunahoo was they were 8 points down I think at one stage 1-5-2 one, points he would have bit the hand off you for a draw. And the other side of it is, if you told Davey, you'll be down to 13 men, but you'll still get something out of it. I think they'll, they'll both take a lot out of it. Yeah. And look, I have to say, lads, Ozzy, it's been a lot said about him and everything. He came on yesterday, showed his class. First ball, he got straight over the bar. There was a nice breeze there yesterday. The, the smart slitter was dropped uh, short eight times, lads, just to let you know, <laughs> against the breeze. So whether they're after making it a bit heavier, I don't know. But uh, uh, Ozzy and Daisy Hutchinson were they showed their class and they came on. Other side did Donald Burke, you know, lads, we all know he's a great free-taker, right? Mm. But taking a penalty is is completely a different skill, and he just is at his ease doing him as well. So, they're going to need someone to give him a hand, and yesterday, in fairness, Keane Boland did that. Three points per play, won the penalty. So, look, I think they'll both be happy, happy out with it, lads. Um, Walford of Leash next week, I think that's just how much you're going to beat them by. Get work on your score difference there, to be honest. And um, I know that the, the, the Dublin lads are welcoming Antrim to town, and like, Antrim, I know they lost by six points, but, you know, getting the by back um, first day they, out. They looked be... impressive now. I'm
3: fair. Um, I know, he... I only watched the highlights, but they were they were well in that match.
1: Yeah, they weren't talking to, you know, people. some of the people that were at added Antrim people, you know, and they said, like, you know, they just weren't clinical enough and said first day back for the by. So they'll be a bit rusty, but they had to get their first game back. Um, but I tell you, lads, it's like the crowds that are going to Corrigan Park now. And look, he's my own, my former teammate, a good friend of mine, Darren Gleeson, since he's gone up there, like I was talking to someone from Antrim from a Donovan Rossa, and he told me before they came, like they might get two or three hundred people at Corrigan Park. And now it's it's Corrigan Park is a sellout because of the appetite for hurling, the the structures that are in place, underage, under 20, seniors. And I I have to say, there's no more this kind of moral victories. It's either they're good enough or they're not now anymore. It's no like, ah, oh, we only lost by three or four points, Can you sure They're a hurling stronghold. It's not that anymore. You're, everyone's going up there. There's no more surprise element with going up to play Antrim. and um, it's just to see how are they going to travel now. We all know what they're like, at Corrigan Park. If they can travel well, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be good from as regards Antrim Westmead, Leash lads, Antrim are way ahead and Westmead and Leash are I I I just don't know what to, if, if they use it as some kind of uh motivator, stick it up on the wall, but they're just not in good places at the moment. Mm.
3: Um just a word uh, since we we're discussing it there, Roy, uh, Kilkenny, um again we're working off the highlights and he he was highlighted last night, Billy Drennan, who yeah, yeah. who um Jackie mentioned on Thursday. Um definitely, yeah, one for the not for the future, one for the now. But it it was interesting to see, you know, Kilkenny under new management for the first time in twenty five years. Um maybe again it was just the highlights that the subs picked, but there seem to be quite a few short puckouts from Mm -hmm. Kilkenny which is not I know we're getting a little bit of it last couple of years but it seemed to be again it could it's hard to tell from the highlights but there
0: did seem to be quite a few so uh, a little bit of change of foot I think but they had to as well I suppose it's just kind of moving with the times I don't think you're going to see uh, a drastic change of culture I think most teams have to mix the game up I think you go short when it's on but you also have to keep your opponent guessing. And if you can land one or two down, I mean, I I noticed it particularly in Parky Queeve on Saturday night was, it was noticeable as well in that both teams, you know, would let the ball into the half forward line from directly from a puck out. And if it broke, you were looking to try and scramble. I think Kilkenny will do the exact same. They will mix the game up. And I think that's, just that's modern hurling you you can't just be a short ball team or a long ball i think it's a mix of both and i think derek ling is smart is very smart fella and he will see like the the reality from a kilkenny perspective is there's never going to be a deficit in terms of ability or skills or basics on a on 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 just on how to play the game of hurling so implementing different tactics and different types of game plans should be, you know, reasonably easy to uh, get get across to I say I'd say what I can only imagine is a fairly receptive and captive audience. And you've got a lot of young lads now that probably would have played under Derek when he was in when he was manager mm. in the 20s and he'll get a tune out of them. I mean, you know, they've possibly found another another big strapping ball-winning forward uh who can score and mm. You got when T J and the lads come back, you know, I think uh yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be hearing plenty from Kilkenny yet. Yeah. Um a, a quick word on
3: because Shane, I can tell you, you you you're not putting too much stock in the opposition. They beat must be four twenty seven to fourteen points. It is interesting though when you just kind of read it, they only had eight players who played against Kilkenny in the uh, in the same last year. Uh, debuts for Adam Hogan, Jack and Brandon O'Connell. And then I was almost more encouraging is the fact that three lads who didn't play any uh, championship last year, Aidan McCarthy 10 points, Davy Conroy 5 points, and Sedna Murray got a point, and then you got Mark Rogers as well getting a couple of goals. Um, and obviously they're resting a, a fair few players. It was Westmead, but um, I suppose a lot of people kind of, Rory was wondering just kind of how Claire would kind of come back after last year because it ...was so promising in the Munster Championship and then kind of ended in a slightly demoralizing way. You know, one way to regenerate, I suppose, is to bring in new players or lads who missed out on last year, which Brian Lowen is able to do. So there'll they'll be a very interesting proposition come the Munster Championship, I think. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely. And no more so, the Cork have a really strong group. I think Clare have a seriously mm-hmm. strong group if they keep them all fit. like. That was a problem babies. last year, yeah. Yeah, like but even like even that day <laughs> I was up I was on duty that day last year, the Ireland semi-final and when Kilkenny absolutely annihilated him. Like, but I mean before that match people have to realise John Collin came out and unless our Lord actually came down and tried to cure his injury, you know, and everyone knew he wasn't going to play the game. He was limping around like um Tony Kelly supposedly he wasn't a full for that game either you know now everyone knows the job Mikey Butler did in him and absolutely brilliant job but I, from my understanding is Tony Kelly was actually sick going into that game but I think what, what Brian Lohan has now is at the moment and if he can keep them all fit like is, is a really strong panel where the, the over reliance maybe on Tony it, it it just can't be as much as it is because look if it is and if he's not at full tilt no more so maybe than Donald Burke's not a full tilt for Dublin where else do you look for because you look around you say look I've been doing it all year. Someone else needs to do it now, but then maybe the other lads might go. Oh, I actually don't know what to do because I'm always looking at you to do it. So I think what you have now is like say Aidan McCarthy, massive to get him back, massive. Like Mark Rogers, he's a serious, serious talent. Mm-hmm. Like he scored one of the goals yesterday. If you get a chance to watch the lads uh, on highlights or clips or something, some sort of a stream, absolute uh, parlor of a goal. Like, so there's two guys there. Dave Fitzgerald is just popping points over for fun there. We normally associate him as playing in the backs. But he says that midfield half forward line. So there's three guys there straight away that are going to be a massive help up, up at the forward line. Peter Duggan back again. You know, back, you was know, as in again, like a full good pre-season under his belt. Really hungry. You know, he, he'll be a massive push on. And like, he just, Lohan is just building a panel, building a panel. They keep them all fit, lads. I think they're going to take serious beating. What's very interesting for me is they're going into the Gaelic grounds now next weekend in the in the league, and I just wonder: Is Brian Lohan going to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna trust everyone who played the Westmeath game. I'm gonna give you another go to see how you're going to do it," or is he going to say, "Right, we, we 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 targeted this from the fixtures. Let's go let's go at this now and see what Limerick come back with." So I think team selection is massive as well to see the intent mm. from the managers as what they really want to get out of it. Do they want to? Test lads, what better test than the Gaelic grounds against Limerick after losing their first game? Or do they want to say, right, here's a here, here's a right going out for maybe playing eight or nine or maybe ten of my championship team to see how they get on. If we win, we win, so be it. If we don't. So look, I, I, I just think team selection is massive. But yeah, clear, brilliant brilliant panel at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Loan will be absolutely thrilled that all of them are fit and, and raring for road. So, you know, I, I look, lads, it's it's all this is building up to the, the big show is coming in three months' time. Yeah. Whichever team can keep all their best players ready and ready to go after the league and after whatever they're doing, they'll have a massive chance like and, and, mm. and Clare have to be one have to be wanted in, you know. Yeah.
3: The we'll move on, we'll finish up in a minute, but Rory I, I'd be I b better mention that the um Lexard and in Galway on Saturday evening. Um Wexford never caught fire in the second half. The stand caught fire before the match started, but Wexford never yeah. caught fire in the second half. Uh, I'm quite sure. I think it was a generator, I think is what I've seen reported. But anyway, everyone evacuated and everyone let back in. The match is delayed a bit. 10 points all at half time. Galway run out 23 points to 15 winners, which is just a kind of a, a depressing, depressing state of affairs, especially since I missed most of the first half and only got to watch the second half. So, so I got the wrong half.
0: Yeah, impressive from Galway. And they've, um, again, added a couple of uh, extra strings to the bow. They've got they've, they've, a couple of new players coming in there that will add a bit more competition and a small bit more depth. Disappointing for Wexford. Brilliant. Like, great to see lights finally unveiled in Wexford Park I think it'll make a huge difference and massive crowd down there played okay in the first half probably should have had a few more scores on the board free taking I think the lads mentioned it last night is definitely an issue and um, can't get Lee Chin back fast enough and they need to certainly sort that side of it out Um, but I think Galway were the story really I think they, have, they went down and like they to just play some sparkling hurling at times and good value for their win. I think it's um uh, yeah it gives it gives Henry now a good bit of momentum heading into the rest of the league. Yeah, I I'd almost think
3: Shane that Galway are one team who could do without having a particularly good league. I I don't know why. I just have a feeling that if they could go go into the Leinster Championship in any way under the radar for some reason, I think it would kind of suit them with kind of a few new players, etc. Kind of be something of an unknown quantity as much as you can be in such a small pool as the the top tier hurling but um, I have a feeling Henry of he knows himself and he knows his players pretty well I would say even now even with the amount of players he's tried out Um, I don't know what you think I, I think Henry might be taking the, the football league approach and kind of get two or three or four wins early on and then kind of three wins and then kind of coast or whatever because I, I, I don't see him as a team who particularly need to win the league I think they're desperate to win a Leinster championship and get straight into that All Ireland semi-final and then see what happens.
1: Yeah. I, I actually think Galway have a, have a great chance of winning the league. I think they, they could Oh go if I they wanted to, could.
3: they could. I'm just wondering do they want to. Yeah.
1: If it's set up, I, I don't know. I'm, I think they, they have a manager there who, who won leagues now. It's it's obviously yeah. a totally different Hurland championship. When they were winning the leagues and to win now is like, you know, um I, I, I think, you know, there there's 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 two games in Leinster, right? That that Galway you know, we'll look at right, they'll, they'll, they'll really want to beat Kilkenny and and um, you know, they really they really want to beat Wexford, right? they want to win them all, really. But I mean,
3: they're those have to think about
1: they're, <laughs> they're 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 there, right, and it depends how Dublin come along. But I mean, realistically, like you know, um, for the Antrim and Westmeat games, it, like I think they're they're actually their third and fourth game as well in Leinster for Galway, right? So, like they 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 could look at that block and go, like, we could we might have a chance here of maybe not going full tilt at this, we, we could have um, two victories got so. I think that if if there is a team set up like that that, that could go on that the schedule might suit them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I think Galway are gonna go at this and go all out of this. It's Henry's second year. I think, you know, you, you about, about winning and momentum and the confidence gonna bring the group and you know, he's trying out new guys there, you know, like Aim Shea's son is there full forward lads. And, you know, he's he's got really strong. He he himself and Billy Drennan, I just think that they they've they're coming into that mold now, like you know. Billy Drennan is gone, absolutely huge. He must have been just eating weights there over the winter, and he has put on size. Like and Don O'Shea is the same. Like he he's bulked up now as well. He knows if I'm not strong enough to win my own ball, I'm not going to be picked. And the both of those guys have bulked up, so I think Galway are 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 going to go at this. Like I think okay. that they're. I I actually fancy him to win the league. To be honest, Mikey, and right. like and if there was a team in Munster that I fancy who could go all out at it, it would be Cork because. They're not out in the first round like they haven't. They have that extra that window that they could allow them maybe an extra break that other teams are maybe don't in the comments want to get to the league final because you're out two weeks later. But Cocker actually off for the first week, so they have a three-week break, and it might allow maybe to go at this hard. So I I I, I know you're asking the lads last week who they think are going to win the league. I actually think Galway are are are, are my team to win the league and. I Think that they will go all out at this to, to,
3: to try and do that, Mikey. Yeah, I gave your credit to the kids of death, so we'll wait and see. Um, that's interesting what Shane says, Roy, about about Donald Shea, because Galway have a very, 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 very particular brand of inside forward, shall we say. Uh, bulls of men who are expected to be able to carry a couple of defenders on their back and score a goal. That's kind of and God bless it, they're fantastic to watch, but it is. You don't see Henry Shefflin turning away from that style of the forward, shall we
0: say. Henry was well, Henry, Henry, Henry was well able to do that himself in fairness. Yeah. But it was, uh, like I think they're, the other thing that struck me about it, and um, it was just they're in very good physical condition as well, from a Galway perspective for this time of the year. They're incredible nick. I mean, I know that seems to be a theme across all the inter-county teams, particularly this time... This season, given um you know the long off season that we've had now, and I suppose the amount of work that's probably gone on in 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 preparation for this, and I think that's like I I think uh, Shane just mentioned there, you know the physical nature of hurling modern intercounty hurling now, your ability to actually be able to compete in that physical side of it is absolutely essential, and that probably leads lads to. Spending a lot more time in the gym and getting themselves up to that kind of, uh getting themselves up to that level and ability to compete. I think it's going to be, a, um, yeah. Like a, I think I we have a lot of depth. Some like the the so very good win for them and um, I did they're building.
3: Yeah. Uh, finally, then just a, a quick word, Shane, on Tipperary as you were there. Um. And I know you're not putting any stock. In the opponent, but I think for people uh, from the outside looking in, I suppose the most notable thing was, granted it was Leach, but Tipperary scored 232 and Jason Ford never saw any action. So that has to be encouraging given the dependence that we've seen in the last year or so on Jason Ford
1: a yeah, career lads. Jason Ford, is, I all about the lads in good condition. This guy is in serious condition. Um, he's doing some hurling at the moment and I think if Tipper to be successful, he will be central to that. He's one of the best ball strikers in the game Um he's playing with self-confidence at the moment that maybe we haven't seen from him in a couple of years. Um, you know, he was brilliant against Cork, I thought, down in, Park, you're in. Mm-hmm. Um and He came on against Clare, lads, inside the Munster League. He nailed, I think, 1-3, one, 1-4 one, in the space of a few minutes. So, that, that he's going to be central, he's going to be key. Look, very, very quickly, Mikey. Um it was, it was, it was, it was good stuff from tip. What did they do well? They worked hard. They worked the ball well. The guy in the best position got the ball and they were given a quality ball inside to the lads. And um, what I took most out of it was the the new guy settled in very well, Johnny Ryan corner back. Um, you Know Keenan Dwyer and half like Garota Connor is a bit of an unknown to outside Tipperary, maybe, but he's hurling really well inside the colleges. And Sean Ryan from Tipperary here as well, they all did really well. So that's massive. There's four new guys who've got a bit of a, a taste for competitive stuff. Uh, score 232. What could they say? What can you really say? Like, I mean, did 18 wides, they might pick on that maybe. Um, the fact that Leash scored um 11 points in the second half, but there's very, very little that's you know that they could say mm. was wrong. Jake Morris came on and scored 1-2. He might have been only on the field less than for 10 minutes or so. So I'll just show you the kind of game that it was. Jamie Kennedy up in the forwards, lads, you know, you would be used to see him at 5 or 7, but he actually does a lot of his club hurling in the half hour line. He scored 1-1, one, one, could have got 1-3, one, 1-4. One, the Bonner, you know, didn't score, but I suppose if the, if the GA was like Premier League and assists, there was a lot of weight on assists. Bonner would be up there, he's like Kevin De Bruyne for, for Tipperary. So and one other guy, and look, there's loads of good performances. Connor Staten was brilliant in the second half, lads, scored three in the first half, scored three points of play, had to go off with an injury in the second half and it didn't look good. So more more so than Robbie O'Flynn. It wasn't a it wasn't a hit as such, it, it seems like a hamstring or a knee or something. So hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah. And we have we have a full back, lads, in Mikey Breen where he's been midfield and half forward line. he's They've played him every match this year, full-back challenge games, uh, Munster League, and the other day. And he has been flawless so far. He's physical. He's got that Dan Morrissey type presence. He's a he's a good hurler. He's got a head up hurling. So I think they're, they're going to stick with him there and fair play to them. And I hope I hope he plays every league match, fullback back to give him a chance to get ready for championship. On the league side, lads, look, there, there's some serious soul searching to do. I'll tell you, their half-back line scored more from play nearly all all their forwards did because they just know a plan they, 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 they the quality ball going in was poor the movement up front is poor four their starting forwards got taken off I I just don't know there's massive soul searching to be done there in the in the leash group at the moment and um I I like I mean they're they're they're, they're playing one for now next weekend and they got bit by 20 pints and I think they'll have to be a big sit down or maybe maybe they know what they're doing maybe they're trying to hard but I tell you they're' it's, it's just it does not look good there is there's theres they Worlds apart there, 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 the other night, you know. But look, from a tip point of view, they worked hard, got a lot of guys on the pitch, and, and Liam Cattle will be delighted now. And look, let's it'll be a dinger, it'll be a dinger next weekend. Typical Kenny, yeah. regardless of League granted, it just goes out the window. When United play Liverpool, when Ireland play England in the rugby, <laughs> this is typical Kenny. Farm <laughs> goes out the window, down in Nolan Park. And I tell you what, let's we are go- Tip will be going down there now. Liam Cahill might say or imagine we are going down there to try and win. 'Cause we are sick of losing to Kilkenny down in Nolan Park. <laughs> we never ever see him. We just can't seem to get over the line down there, whatever it is about it. But I just think that they'll go out there and he'll he'll go hard at it. He might start saying fifteen, but he'll be sending out a message to all of them to say, here's your chance now to prove to me, do we really want to play for Tip? And can you do it when there's a when there's a bit of pressure there? So as regards as big games go, Tip Kilkenny in Nolan Park, there'll be a massive crowd there. And um, so I, I, I think Cahill will be really aiming to, to get a victory here uh, she's Shane I think
3: the GA are going to have to hire you as their Allianz Hurling League hype man, I think.
0: El Clasico. Clas- oh, <laughs> uh,
1: g- g- genuinely, lads. if you're ever down, like, you know, a tip Kilketty in Park, the Park, yeah. the atmosphere is there. The last time I was there, we won the all a Minor final and it was packed. But I don't see the same crowd, but I see the same kind of atmosphere there. I think I think it'll be. I think that'll be the game of the weekend next weekend, in my opinion. And oh, yeah, Hopefully, yeah. people okay. go at it like you
3: know. I look forward to. I'm going to keep a close eye on Mikey Breen now because I do love a reinvention of a, of a hurler or a footballer. I love it when a guy just gets a completely new position. I love that. Oh, so, and um... Mikey,
1: you're talking about beast of mid. This man is something. But yeah. okay. you know what? He's got the hurling to back it up, and he's doing everything right so far. So, um, hopefully, you no, know, he'll. he'll I, I'd love to see him play all the games there for for, for the league. Like,
3: good stuff. Alright, Shane, thank you very much. Um Rory, thank you. Uh, myself and Rory will be back on Thursday to preview a hurling only weekend. half day first. All right, lads, thanks very much and we'll we'll chat to you then. Good luck. Bye. Cheers, <laughs> Earned
2: it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what
1: I love in hurling, I love players that never give in. He hits it! He hits it! What? It's over the bar!
0: Oh, holy Moses!